So how did we do on the 12 months to the end of December? Remember, every month I produce an approved filtered list out of 10,000 stocks. I narrow that down to the top one to two percent. So for each month, the holding period is the subsequent 12 months. So how do we do for the 12 months ended December the 31st, 2021? Okay, that's the question I'm going to answer and show you how well we performed. You can probably tell from the smirk on my face, I've got some good news. We had a really good November, the 12 months to November, because that was up about 54%. So how's this done for us? And what were the stocks? Given that we're picking from 10,000, there's a lot of room for error, but we like a large gene pool so that when we filter, 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 we're picking the best of the best of the best, okay? So this is how we did, and then I'm going to tell you what the characteristics were, which stocks did the best. It was 30%, not as good as the 12 months to November, but still. And remember, each month, it's <clears throat> a different list, because obviously in a month, a lot can change, and you're holding for 12 months. We're not trading our investments, buying and selling every month, we're holding for 12 months. So the 12 months to the end of December 2021, that was 30% return. I'll take that. If I get that again, I'll be happy with that. Of course, we had a good tailwind, but still outperformed the market. The top performers in that period, Blue Green Vacations, New Wave Group, Elos MedTech, Flex, LNG, and so on. You'll notice that some of these might have appeared in our November list. That's because each month, it's not a completely different list. There'll be a large overlap. So why? Why did these do well? Well, that's not to do with COVID as such directly. It's because of the way in which we pick criteria. So these were some of the best performers. Did I know that was going to go up 157% for us or that 206% or that 172%? No, if I did, I would only have put my money in that one stock. But because we didn't know which ones would do the best and which ones might not do so well. That's why we have more than one holding, of course. Okay, well, which stocks generated over 100%? It was these. And notice the predominance of European and British companies. Okay. And look at the sectors. Interesting. Bit of diversity, but you, they're not tech rich there, are they? They were all the ones that we selected, which went up over 100 percent. What about the ones which didn't do 100%? What about the ones which just generated 50 to 100% out of the ones we selected? Again, you'll see um, a lot of European companies, and this ties into the theory that Europe's been undervalued. There's a lot of uh, returns to be had. You can see the returns 50 to 100%. Did I know, for instance, Arcadis was going to go up that much, or Bergman and Beving was going to go up 50 to 100% or Belvoir Group. No, I didn't know in advance. I knew they had the right characteristics to do well. It's like picking a footballer for your football team. Got all the potential. Some of them score, some of them don't. There's an X factor which is outside of your hands and there's not much you can do about that X factor. So, 50 to 100%. You can see the market cap differs significantly. There's multi-billion dollar companies all the way down to a company worth just 300 million. So it wasn't based on sectors not on geography, not on market cap. It was based on valuation, revenue growth, dividend yields, cash flow generation, consistent outperformance of the market, 
and momentum. Now, why all of those factors? Well, because we know valuation is linked to share price performance, but it's not the only factor. We know revenue growth is, but it's not the only factor. We know cash flow is, but it's not the only factor. So we want to try and tick all of these boxes. If we look at the distribution, this is common. Now, I gave myself a handicap with this. The handicap I gave was I wouldn't put a stop loss. So if a stock went down 50%, then that's it. I, I've got to suffer all of that. I didn't have a stop loss of, say, 25%, which would have made my figures look even better. And the reason I kept it simple is I just said, well, I'd like to keep it simple. So these were the stocks which went up 4.6 to 19.6%. Those are the ones which went up 19.6 to 34%. You can see the vast majority are around the middle, and you know they've done... Uh, between 0 to 30%. And then this is the trick with investing. What you're trying to do when you filter, filter, filter is to make sure you don't have many, if any, stocks over here. And if you look at a hedge fund's performance, its return distributions will look exactly like this, not just on a particular month in relation to the investments it's made, but actually in terms of its own performance over a period of years. Because the micro, the monthly figures, and the individual investments, of course, relates to the macro, because that's what it's composed of, of years of investment. And over years, it'll look exactly like this. You'll get one or two outliers. Why can't you just pick the big outliers and the big winners, Alpesh? Life doesn't work like that. We don't have a perfect crystal ball or a time machine. And it's why Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Carl Icahn, they have more than just one stock. Otherwise, they'd only have that one stock, wouldn't they? Uh, and you get skewed to the right i.e. positive return, and you get very few losers and very few big losers. The secret to success in anything in life, that curve, that's what it looks like. It's what it looks like for the billion-dollar hedge funds. Uh, it's what it looks like for anybody who's ever going to make money. That's what, actually, if you even plotted their investment decisions across their lifetime, it would look like that, right? So let's look at the individual stocks. And... We've, put, we've broken them all down. Not every single one's written here, otherwise they're all too compressed. Uh, and what we found is, again, it's another way of saying, you expect a few to do incredibly well, the vast majority to do pretty good, and very few to be negative. That's put it in another way. So that's how things got split up. Uh, going forward, if I get the same return over the next 12 months, 30%, I can live with that. I target about 40% in my portfolios, global portfolios. If it's only UK stocks, I only target 20%, I'm afraid, uh, because the UK markets just don't generate as much as global markets. Those criteria we use, value, growth, income, momentum, cash flow, uh, consistent outperformance of the markets, momentum. Have a look at campaignforamillion.com where I've got some free resources which will educate you on a lot of this stuff that I'm teaching uh, to my students who made more than that. Congratulations to those who are in line with that. Well done. Uh, and I look forward to 2022 with you all. Thank you.